Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Raiders, would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Kicking off hour number two of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Coming up at 3.30, we'll talk to our guy, Eddie Brasilli from Sirius XM Radio. Talk all things Raiders football, what they did pre-draft, during the draft, and what he thinks they need to do post-draft. So we'll talk to Eddie coming up at 3.30. Uh, we've got Cover 3 NFL News and Notes coming up in a few minutes. Have uh, some Raider nuggets that I want to get to. But I also have been throwing out there the question, who do you think has the best shot at being the starting five on the offensive line and why? I think we all can agree on Colton Miller at the left tackle position. I think after that, there's a lot of different thoughts and, and concerns and, and different guys that you could plug and play in those positions. Mailman Raider hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Mailman Raider says, it's really just a guessing game, but I'd say left to right, Colton Miller, John Simpson, Andre James, Dylan Parham, and then Alex Leatherwood. Good, a swing tackle, ease him into it after the injury and maybe take someone's job if they're underperforming. And I think the one thing about that is I would say yes to that if, uh, if Denzel Good had tore his ACL like in week six or seven. He tore his ACL week one. So he had the whole season to rehab and get better, and he's working on it and continuing to get better. I think by the time the season comes around again, I think he'll be in good shape. Like, I don't think that you have to worry about easing them back in. I think that you'll, you'll have them in a good position. Now, I will say, as a guy who's torn two ACLs, that after you tear the ACL the first year, you can come back and play. The second year is when you're like 100% confident that it's not, nothing's going to go wrong. But, you know, you can still come back and play at a high level that first year. So I do think Denzel Good's going to give somebody a run for their money and a run for their position coming up in training camp. Got a couple quick calls we want to get to at 702-365-9200. And Mailman Raider, thank you for that text. I appreciate you. Let's hit uh, Mitch in New Jersey real quick. Mitch, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, so quick. How you doing, Q? Chilling, man. How's everything going? Good, great. Hey, you know, I like when he refers to you as my boy, Q. If I would say it to a brother, I'd be twisted. They'll twist into oppressive, you know what I'm saying? Ah, you're good. Not respect. No, I'm talking about for you. I mean, I'm not calling you boy. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Even you, I ain't going to be calling you for a while. Anyway, uh, get the five best line. But I wanted to uh, mention about the, the running backs that we drafted. I like that kid uh, from, um, from Georgia. Yeah. White. Yep, Zeus. Samir yep. White. Yep. But I wish, I think he was pick ahead of him. So it's, it's, this is like war on the bridge. The kid from Arizona State, Rashad White. I mean, he's bigger than uh, Josh Jacobs. And quite... A little bit, a little too much lately. Uh, the players from Alabama haven't pan out as they haven't played as well as their college careers. Watch your mouth there. Watch your mouth. Roll Tide, baby. Roll Tide. All right, Roll Tide. But Rashad White, Arizona State, great uniform. He's gonna be good. I mean, that, that guy. He's bigger than uh, Josh, uh, Josh Jacobs. 
Got and you. you. can catch two at the backfield. Anyway, thanks for taking my call, bro. All right, appreciate you. <laughs> I just mess with you, Mitch. I always, I always cut for the for the for the Crimson Tide, man. I, I don't know what it is. I do know what it is about Alabama football. Hell, it's damn like like watching football, uh, NFL. That's why I like Alabama so much. I have no ties to them. Didn't go there. Don't know nobody that did go there outside of Josh Jacobs and any other player in the league. The Alex Leatherwood and all them other cats, of course, are uh, NFL machine. But uh, yeah, I always yell roll tide, so don't. It, it's all good. I believe me. I didn't go there, so it doesn't matter. Uh, let's get one more quick call. Let's talk to our guy. Gangster Raider, what's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. Yay, yay. Hey, what's happening, y'all? Hey, um, three quick things real quick. First of all, um, I'll be in Vegas on May 18th because my son turns 21. But we're going to be celebrating his 21st birthday. We're going to paint the town silver and black. And we're going to be at the um, Raiders Tavern and Grill on May 18th, Wednesday. That's next Wednesday. I mean, Wednesday after next. Not yeah, this yeah. Wednesday coming up, but Wednesday after next. May 18th, we're going to be at the Raiders Tavern and Grill from 6. And everybody down there... I mean, everybody about to come down there and hang out. You, Demond, I did it earlier this morning on um on the um morning huddle. I mean, inside. I mean, okay. the, the morning tailgate. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, yeah. I call on the morning tailgate and make sure it's May 18th, not this Wednesday. Next Wednesday at the Raider Tavern and Grill at six. And my son turning 21, little G. That's what we call him. You know, what I'm saying everybody down there invited. And also, um. My thing, I got a question about another question about the preseason because you know how we usually play the Rams in the scrimmage in the preseason. So if we playing them in the preseason and in regular season, do you think we're gonna scrimmage them as well too? Because then that means we're gonna probably play them three times this season. You know what I'm saying? And the third thing I want to um, add is about the um, I'm more concerned about the um, linebackers and corners than I am the linemen. I think the line is gonna be. I think. Um, I think Leatherwood is going to be the right tackle. I think the guy we drafted in the um, seventh round, I forget his name, I think he's going to be the um, right guard. And, um, you know, um, Miller is at the left guard, and um, Denzel Wood is, I mean, not Denzel, I mean, James is at center, and the other guard, um, I think um, Good is going to be at the other spot. But so long as we get the – linebacker position and the cornerback lined up, we should be good. I'm not worried about the line. I think Leatherwood is going to shock a lot of people. Leatherwood is going to end up being our MVP. Watch. You know what I'm saying? But everybody, come on out. May 18th, the Ravens Tavern and Grill celebrate my son's 21st birthday. We're going to paint the town silver and black. Everybody's invited. You know what I'm saying? Keep it gangster, God. I'm gone. Raiders, you know how we do it. There he goes. Gangster Raider right there. Happy early birthday to uh, to your son, man. That's cool. 21 years old. What better place to celebrate than in Las Vegas? So make sure you guys have a good time. I'll actually be out of town that day. That's uh, the day I leave for vacation. So uh, I'll be long gone, brother. But uh, yeah, you guys make sure you all have a really good time and celebrate that birthday. Uh, definitely appreciate that. Let's get one more quick call in. Who we got up? Raider X. Raider X. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's up, Q? Chilling, man. Chilling. Hey, bro. I just want to get you talking about all these positions and how it's all going to work out. What what players are we anticipating from what the, the buzz is or maybe the discussions coming up are you think are going to be transitioned from, uh, you know, maybe a linebacker to the secondary or to the down lineman or maybe some of those uh, secondary cats that we drafted because it looked like they grabbed a lot of athletes. A lot of them just, you know, and, and it's also scheme fit, you know, going mm-hmm. from, uh, you know, you got to think about how Patrick Graham is going to move some of these guys, you know, from the, from the discussions that we start getting these rookie training camps, they brought in a lot of interesting bodies, and I'm really interested to find out if they're going to transition any of those uh, running backs into other positions. Maybe they don't fill in a running back. Maybe they might flip on the other side of the ball. I mean, that's, a, that's a, an oddity, especially in the NFL. But it can happen. 
You know, I mean, yeah. we've seen stranger things. So I just want to get your feedback and you start having these discussions. I know that you are growing some long-ass arms and grabbing all kinds of uh, cats from all different types of, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, information. <laughs> so I just want to see what you can bring in, you know. And, and I, I just, I, I'm really concerned. I, I mean, I, it's, it's interesting. You know, I mean, I, I think that we're in an era where you got some mad scientists over there, you know, really bringing some stuff. That's what's so exciting. You know, I think that, uh, you know, McDaniels and Patrick Graham is going to, I mean, especially Patrick Graham, I think that guy is really going to take it to the next level. So just want to get your feedback, brother. All right. Hey, thank you for the call. I appreciate you. And, you know, it's funny. Uh, I don't think any of the guys that this class uh, in this class are going to be transitioned to other positions, but I know what you mean. Like last year, uh, Devon Diablo was a safety, you know, and he was uh, turned into a linebacker. Uh, and, and, you know, you mentioned before, we've seen things like that happen before in the league. We have. If you remember, Hassan Reddick, who was drafted by the Cardinals, number 13 overall a few years ago, he was an edge rusher. But in college, when Matt Rule got a hold of him in Temple, he was actually a running back. And, you know, so, I mean, he's played multiple positions. He was a running back, then he was a linebacker, then he was an edge rusher, then he was back at linebacker. I mean, Hassan Reddick is a perfect example of what you're talking about, switching to multiple different positions. But, yeah, he started out as a running back at Temple. So, you never know. I mean, these guys, I look at running backs in college, and especially, well, in high school especially, and think that some of them could transition into linebackers in the NFL uh, just because they're usually that kind of a build. But I look at the guys that they drafted, and I don't think that that's the case for those guys. Not this class, but I do understand exactly what you're talking about. And, yeah, we, we continue to try to bring as much information and get as much information as possible for you here on the show on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, so you have as much information about these players and uh, these draft picks that the Raiders have brought in, just the personnel, so you have an idea of, of what this team has. Now, I do want to get to a couple quick notes here uh, for cover three, some front office moves that the Raiders have made. Uh, this came out yesterday. The Raiders, uh, Dave Ziegler, the GM, uh, added to the front office by hiring Lenny McGill from the Dolphins to serve as a senior national scout. He had previously been an area scout for Miami, also worked for the Broncos and the Packers. And this is something that you knew was going to happen. When you have a new regime, they usually keep the scouts in place until after the draft because they've been putting in all the work. So it makes all the sense that those guys stay in place uh, if you remember when the draft was over and you heard uh, Josh McDaniel and you heard uh, or Josh McDaniel, excuse me, and Dave Ziegler uh, both thank everyone that had been part of, you know, the process of bringing in that draft class because they knew that everyone's not going to still be there. So that's how they opened it up. The, the, the presser was just by thanking everybody uh, as they knew that some of them were going to be on their way out. So Lenny McGill was hired as a senior national scout. Then Teddy Atlas III was relieved of his duties. He was the assistant director of college scouting for the Raiders. Uh, he was with the team for more than a decade. He was the son of legendary boxing trainer, uh, obviously Teddy Atlas, and had experience with the Browns and the Jets. Uh, and so that was just one of the moves that Dave Ziegler made as he continues to shape up that front office. And that won't be the last one. It won't be. I mean, it's just kind of what they do. Like I said, when a new regime comes in, uh, they bring in their own guys. So a little bit of front office news right there. Also, a uh, piece of news about the Raiders that have been floating around for a while, but uh, it's kind of been put into place now. I, mean, I know some people have uh, put, tweeted it out just as, as information, but I just kind of wanted to bring it to cover three real quick, and that has to do with compensatory picks, and right now the Raiders are projected to have three. Now, that could always change, but right now it looks like they're going to have three compensatory picks for, uh, for 2023's uh, NFL draft, one in uh, round five, one in round six, and one in round seven. And the reason is you have to go through this formula their key free agent losses that they had, Marcus Mariota, he went to the Falcons, Zay Jones went to the Jaguars, Casey Hayward to the Falcons, Quentin Jefferson to the Seahawks. And the key free agents that they picked up, Chandler Jones, Bilal Nichols, and Anthony Averett. Uh, so what you do is when the final tallies were counted, the Raiders lost six qualifying free agents and signed three. 
The signing of Jones cancels the departure of Mariota. Zay Jones' exit will bring either a fifth or a sixth round, depending on his playing time this season. And then the loss of Jefferson to Seattle should secure uh, the Raiders with a sixth rounder. Nicholas Morrow, who signed with the Bears, is scheduled to bring a seventh rounder, provided he makes the Bears and maintains playing time. So it actually uh, could be a little bit better for the Raiders if uh, you know a couple guys go ahead and uh, they, they they perform and they're out there on the field. And it's just again, it's a it's a formula when it comes to playing time and and who the Raiders actually have on their roster and who they don't. So some of these guys got to make the squad uh, for the Raiders to get those compensatory picks. But it's not very often, right, that the Raiders line up and actually have compensatory picks. I couldn't tell you the last time they actually had a compensatory pick, but it looks like for next season they potentially could have three, one in the fifth round, one in the sixth round, and one in the seventh. So that's all I got for you. That's just a little uh, quick couple nuggets I had for uh, Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day. When we come back, we'll get a couple more of your calls, a couple more of your texts, and maybe we'll be able to get into that conversation I had with Madison Blevins-Hawk from Channel 10 talking all things Matthew Butler. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time! Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at 3.30, Eddie Brasilli, Sirius XM Radio. He'll join the show to talk all things Raiders pre-draft, during the draft, and post-draft. What do the Raiders need to do? What's he looking at? So we'll talk to him coming up at 3.30. That'll be a fun conversation. I'll get to that conversation I had with Madison Blevins-Hawk from Channel 10. We'll get to it maybe tomorrow. Not worried about that. It's a, it, it was If you listen to my podcast, Lockdown Raiders podcast, it's on there. It was a really fun conversation with her. She did a great breakdown of Matthew Butler, the fifth-round draft pick from Tennessee. She did a fantastic job. So I do encourage you to check it out. But if not, don't worry. Get it on the show sometime tomorrow afternoon. Uh, I did want to go over. I do actually I want to tell you a couple things. Like I said, we got a lot of nuggets to get to. I did want to alert anyone here in the Las Vegas area. On Monday we were at uh, Mandalay Bay. We were over there at uh, the Michelob Ultra Arena for the LV Aces for their media day. Well, tomorrow evening from 7 to 9, I'll be actually out there. Uh, I'll be at Parkway Tavern on Flamingo right here in town hosting uh, LV Aces watch party. So they get the season started. They're going up against the Phoenix Mercury. I guess the Mercury still don't have Brittany Griner. She's still a prisoner. Yeah, you can say that. This has been the slowest process, by the way. Side note, it's been the slowest process. Can you just, someone go get her, bring her back home? I mean, I'm not, I'm not the political guy, so I don't know all the ins and outs. But you telling me that they can't just go get her and bring her back when they know that she's being held on BS? Like, hasn't she been over there forever? Yeah, it's been months now. Yeah, something, something's got to give, man. I saw that they said that they were going to put like her, her initials on, on the floors of the, of the arenas. Put her initials on the floor, go get her. Like I said, I don't know all the ins and outs, so I don't know what it really pertains. So probably someone yelling at the, at the radio right now, like, it's not that easy, Q. I get it. I'm sure it's not. But at the same time, she's been there for a long time. Just go get her. Anyway, the Aces will play the Phoenix Mer- Mercury tomorrow, start their season off. Their home opener will be on Mother's Day on Sunday at the Michelob Ultra Arena. Definitely want to go check that out. It's always fun to see uh, the Raiders, uh, the Raiders, to see the Aces in action, man. They, uh, they, have a, they do a hell of a job. They really do. So uh, definitely go out there and check them out. But tomorrow evening, 7 to 9, uh, Parkway Tavern, Flamingo. I'll be there. So uh, you, you can come on out, hang out, say what's up. And I'll hook you up with a bunch of prizes. But I wanted to go over some projections that I saw earlier today. I thought it was pretty cool. Mike Clay does a really good job from ESPN. He puts these out all the time. And I don't even know the formula. 
I've tried to get him on the show to break it down, but I mean, this dude is so super busy that trying to get him on the show is, is almost impossible. Now, with that being said, I'll probably try again and be like, oh yeah, sure, no problem. And we'll get him on. But he put some projections out for the 2022 Raiders. Some of them I looked at and I said, okay, I can see that. Others I looked at and said, uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Some of the projections that I agreed with, and Damon, I'll, 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 I'll throw them to you and see if you agree with them. Chandler Jones, new edge rusher. Nine and a half sacks he has for the season in 2022 for Chandler Jones. No. And you want to keep it because I see something, that number, because mm-hmm. he totals it up for everybody on defense. So he has the team total there as well. Okay. And the team total is only 38. Okay. That would have been 20th in the league this past season. Okay. How many sacks did the Raiders have last season? 35. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not saying, okay, so maybe if he's just, you know, just adding a little bit from last season. Right. But come on, I still think that even though they only so had 35. What, num- what number are you looking at for them? That's why I love this discussion. What number are you looking at? What do you what do you think that they should? I want to say mid forties. Okay. The high last season for team sacks. Um, I have to find the team, but I just looked at the number mm-hmm. was fifty five team sacks. Okay. So I don't see why the Raiders couldn't get at least forty five okay. next season. Okay. No, I like that. So Chandler Jones, he has projected at nine and a half. Max Crosby, he has projected at eleven. So he's leading the team in sacks. And between those two guys, you got twenty and a half sacks. Twenty and a half out of and you said the team projection was thirty eight. Yes. Okay. What do you think? I don't know. I feel like the, those numbers for Max, no, excuse me, Max that, and Chandler, they can be higher. That would be a career high for Max if he gets 11 sacks. Career high. And then for Chandler, we've seen what his career high is. It's in the high teens. Right. So I think that, I'm not saying 15 apiece. I think that would be like, man, these guys are the best, one of the best duos, duos ever. Mm-hmm. Last year, it was what, Max had seven, eight? I think somewhere, he had, somewhere around there. Yeah, and and Ngakwe, uh, who's been doing a media tour had what 10 I think yes. he had 10 yeah uh yeah if you don't know uh Tyler Dunn put out a piece today with Unique Ngakwe talking about his path and it was a really fantastic uh piece really and Tyler Dunn does a good job uh and he mentioned the Raiders and mentioned that they blanked up when they got rid of him and moved on from him so they're going to show that or he's going to show that this year when they when the Colts come to Las Vegas and play the Raiders he's going to show them that they blanked up so uh, if you haven't read that piece I tweeted it out earlier and and, you know, I said, hey, I get Ngakwe being upset because, man, he was a good Raider. I thought he was a hell of a Raider. I think Chandler Jones is better. You know, I do. I think his overall game is better than Ngakwe's, but I understand his anger. I absolutely do. And he's had a hell of a journey. If you read that piece, man, it is good. And back on the team stat, on the team sacks from last season, yep. the Steelers led the league, the Vikings, and the Rams. They were the only three teams with 50 or more. Okay. So you think a fair number for the Raiders sacks would be about 40, 45? Yes. Okay. I'm okay with that. Well, he has Crosby at 11, Chandler Jones at 9.5. As far as receivers go, Darren Waller, 71 catches, 917 yards, and 6 TDs. That's his projection for 2022 for Darren Waller, the big tight end. You okay with those numbers? Those, I'll give, I'll give him those. Okay. Because, those, know, are right. yeah. those are right. Those are I was you like, Devon's going to raise the bar on everyone. No, I need more. I need more. No, it's one, like, he knows what he's doing. He's no, he, Mike Lay knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's so good. That one, he's good. That one's like, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. All right. 71 for 917 and six touchdowns for Darren Waller, who's going to be on the show, by the way, uh, with Vinny Bonsignor coming up at 405. That's what you do. Call as a tease for the upcoming show. You know, just giving him a little bit of uh, love right there. Uh, Hunter Renfro. 82 catches, down from what he did in 2021, 839 yards and six touchdowns. So not not 1,000 yards, not 900 yards, not 100 catches, 82. And I think that we all expect Hunter Renfro's numbers to go down 
But I think they're going to be very effective numbers anyway. I think a, that's a really good season, in my opinion, for Hunter Renfro. 82 catches, 839, six touchdowns. I agree with that number 100%. If, if Hunter has that kind of season, I am fine with that. I think he's going to get to 1,000 yards receiving. Do you really? Yeah. Wow. Because when we're going we're gonna to work our way up to Derek Carr, but I think he's got Derek Carr a little too low as well. I think that's the number that we're going to talk about. Yes, I think we're definitely going to talk about Carr's numbers because that I looked at my head. And, my, yeah, I looked at it and kind of scratched my head. Devontae Adams. Everyone wants to know about Devontae Adams. He has him at 99 catches, 1,193 yards, and seven touchdowns. So let's do the math real quick. I'm not a mathematician, but if you add up 1,193 yards, 839 yards, I'm trying to do it slow so DeMar can type it in his phone, and 917 yards, what do you have between those three guys? Oh, man. Two dummies on the radio. 2,949. 2,000. Okay, so almost 3,000 yards between those three players, which, I mean, just looking at them, you could tell it's almost 3,000, but almost 3,000 yards between those three. Okay. Keep that in your memory bank. Josh Jacobs, 1,005 yards. He doesn't have touchdown numbers, but 1,005 yards. So he's back to 1,000 yard season after falling short uh, last season. What do you think? Oh, I think that that's a good projection for him as well because. I know there's been a lot of scuttlebutt of all the running backs that they're bringing in, running back by committee, the fifth-year option not being picked up. I still think he's going to go out this coming season and ball out. Okay. Okay, 1,000 yards. I don't. Again, I would love to know what he says for the touchdowns, but 1,005 yards for Josh Jacobs. Uh, getting back to a 1,000-yard season, that, that would be fine with me. That would be four out of, uh, or three out of four years he would have 1,000-plus yards uh, on the ground. So that's cool. Now the big one, and I know we only got a couple minutes. We'll have to get back to this conversation. Derek Carr. 4,146 yards, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the, the, the numbers of yards. This is where it gets me. 27 touchdowns. Remember, between Adams, Renfro, and Waller, he had 19. So he's going to throw 27 touchdown passes and 12 interceptions. 4,146 yards, 27 TDs, and 12 interceptions. I have a problem with less than 30 touchdowns. That's where I really, I mean, that's really my biggest issue, my biggest hangup. At this stage of the game, Derek Carr needs to be over 30 touchdowns. I've got a problem with the touchdowns and the yards. Okay. He threw for 48 last season. Right. So I'm not saying that maybe he doesn't replicate that, but at least 4,500 yards. And then, like you said, at least 30 touchdowns. I think 30 touchdowns should be the, the floor, right? I mean, 30 touchdowns should be, I don't want to say league minimum, but that should be what you get as a quarterback in 2022 is at least 30 touchdowns. And I don't think he had 30 touchdowns last year. I don't know off top, but I don't think he did. No, he did not. What do you have? 23. Yeah, see, that was that was below average. And, you know, that that goes back to the 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 failures in the red zone. They failed in the red zone a lot, a lot of lateral throws instead of into the end zone. What did Jim Plunkett say every week we had him on? I'd like to see the ball thrown into the end zone. In, 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 not side the sideline and hope someone breaks eight tackles to get there. I think 23 was really a low number for Derek Carr as far as his touchdown passes last season. 27 to me would be low this upcoming season. It's got to be at least 30. Exactly. And so just at looking at these projections from Mike Clay, we can go ahead and add three to Derek Carr and three to Devontae Adams because I also think that Devontae Adams, probably like if he really goes out there and lives up to the hype, mm-hmm. I don't see why he can't have double-digit receiving touchdowns. Okay. I like uh, that. That Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's for real. That, that, that has to happen. That really has to happen. So, 
Uh, that was the projections from Mike Clay. Uh, we can go and take a deeper dive into it and we can get back to it. I really, like I said, that that uh, that 27 touchdowns for Derek Carr, that one really bothers me right there. Coming up next, Eddie Brasilli from SiriusXM Radio. Talk about what he thinks that the Raiders need to do following the draft. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. To unnecessary roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm gonna have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Got a couple quick text messages I want to get to. Salmon ass text line at 69187 keyword RR. One from the 707. The Raiders traded in Gakwe because he didn't fit the 3-4, not because he isn't a good player. Agreed. Agreed 100 <laughs> percent I never ever ever said he wasn't a good player. I I was one of those that pounded the table for Ngakwe. Thought he was a hell of a player, but you're right. He doesn't fit the 3-4 scheme that they want to run. They brought in Chandler Jones, and I think Chandler Jones is an upgrade for what they want to do, and I think he's an upgrade over the player in general. Just me. And then East Bay Raider Gray hit us up and said, D.C. needs to get 4,500 yards, 32 to 37 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. And that was because we were talking about projections from Mike Clay. Right now, joining us on the phone lines is our good friend, Eddie Brasilli from SiriusXM Radio. And, Eddie, thank you for your time today, my man, and – off top, I, I I I tried to catch up with you when you were here in Vegas. I saw you. I was about to walk over to you, and somebody caught my attention, and I forgot to double back, man. So I missed you when you were in Las Vegas, but how was your draft experience here? Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be on with you, man. And I'm going to be honest. I think Vegas sucked me in, man. I, I, I was out and about for a little bit. Then I kind of got lost in the vortex a little bit. Vegas is a, is a great city. There's a lot to do. We had a great time out there. Great coverage uh, on Wednesday from the kids' event. And then obviously the draft coverage. Vegas is a special, special city. I'll say it again. I said it before. Uh, if they had the draft in Vegas every single year, it'd be a phenomenal event. That city is absolutely built for the draft. But uh, it was a great experience out there. We had a lot of fun. Good, good, good. And I'll say this, man. I would love for it to be here every year because of convenience. But let me tell you, brother, that was a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it used, to, it used to be right across the street from our building in New York City, right at Radio City Music Hall. So I feel you, man. It was a lot of work. It was a lot closer. The commute was a lot there, but there was a lot more that went into it, no doubt about that. Right, exactly. There's so much that is expected of you. But, you know, hey, it's all good. And like you said, if it's here every year, I'm okay with that. Now, I wanted to get to some conversation about the Raiders post-draft, you know, what you think that they should do. But uh, before you came on, I was talking about projections. Uh, Mike Clay from ESPN put out this. He puts out his projections every year. He does a great job, and it's a hell of a, a formula that he uses. But he came up with some some uh, projections for Derek Carr, and, and I, let me just run them by you real quick. 4,146 yards, 27 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. I had a problem with the touchdown numbers. I thought 27 is too low, and DeMond wanted more more yards as far as, uh, you know, about 4,500 yards. What do you think of that projection that Clay put out for, uh, for D.C.? I'll say this. I love Mike Clay. He does a terrific job. He puts out a lot of good things that are useful to a lot of NFL fans, so I suggest everybody go out there and follow him. But come on, guys. Those are projection numbers for Derek Carr without Devontae Adams. That's a normal, basic Derek Carr year. 4,000 yards passing, 23 to 25, 27 touchdowns, and about 12 picks. Now enter Devontae Adams. I think those numbers are way low. I think we could see Derek Carr inching towards the 30-touchdown mark for sure. And I think you can see him, especially in this Josh McDaniels offense, you can get more passing, more things out of the backfield with the backs. You can get the tight ends more involved. You can have better efficiency in the red zone, so the touchdown numbers go up right there. I think you could see a close to 5,000 yards mm. for Derek Carr in his Josh McDaniels offense. Look, this is not a young football player. Derek Carr has come with a lot of experience. As long as he picks up this system well, it might take a little time early in the season, but you add that true number one receiver that the Raiders have never had with Derek Carr, 
one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in the National Football League. There's going to be more opportunities for yards after the catch with Devontae Adams, and it's going to open up the field for everybody else. So I think those numbers are more like what we see from Derek Carr every single year without Devontae Adams. To me, those numbers should be a lot higher in 2022 with Devontae Adams in the offense. No, I agree. I agree 100%. Again, we're talking with Eddie Brasilli from Sirius XM Radio here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. As far as what the team has done, you saw, you mentioned Devontae Adams. They brought him in pre-draft. Then you saw what they did in the draft. And now we're sitting here at post-draft. Uh, the Raiders went and got two offensive linemen, two running backs, two defensive linemen. Uh, what do you think of the class? First of all, what do you think of the, the six, six players they selected? Uh, how do you think that they did in the draft? It's, you know, it's easy to come out here and say, and everybody loves the draft grades, right? Everybody wants to come out <laughs> right. and say, this team, this team got an A, this team got a C. You don't know for at least three years what these players are going to be. A lot of people said in 2019 that the Raiders had a great draft class besides Cleo Farrell, and look where we are. None of those guys get the fifth-year option picked up. So it's, it's always too early to tell. I like the versatility they got. Now, uh, one thing to me that really jumps out is the – I know what the word is, the attention when it comes to the defensive line. They have so many dudes on this defensive line. That's going to be the absolute must-watch in camp is who comes out of this group. We thought they had a lot last year with Solomon Thomas and those guys. Wait till this year. There's going to be like a hockey line rotation if they keep most of these guys on a defensive line. But I love what Parham brings. I love his versatility. I think he's a little bit of an Andre James kind of you know safety net just in case he doesn't get the job done in this new offense. But he could definitely play guard for Denzel Good. I like the guys they got into on, on the interior defensive line. And the running back from Georgia is the guy, to me, that could be the key to all of this. Now, it's a big if. The injuries have limited white for, you know, on both knees, both ACLs. But to me, he could be the real steal of this draft, especially, I keep referencing the McDaniels offense. It's not just Josh Jacobs' in, you know, in insurance if Jacobs walks after the season. This could be a bell cow-type running back if he stays healthy. He proved it at Georgia. He proved to be explosive good in the pass game, that could be the gem of this draft class for sure, is the mirror light out of Georgia, as long as he stays healthy. So there's a lot to be seen. I like the versatility of a lot of their picks. I like both offensive linemen. They need to get younger on the offensive line. They need to get healthy on the offensive line. Overall, I thought it was a strong class. All right, here's the million-dollar question, Eddie. What do the Raiders still need to do post-draft? To me, the biggest things, and they drafted two offensive line, but right, a veteran right tackle to me is still a necessity, right? You, you have guys along the offensive line. You have question marks on that offensive line. Are we comfortable with Brandon Parker going in at right tackle? Is Alex Leatherwood going to flip back and go out to right tackle? There's still a lot of question marks, and there's still some veterans. I'm not saying they're going to go out tomorrow and sign a right tackle to come in. Maybe they wait till training camp. Maybe they see how it plays out the first couple of weeks and then go out and maybe trade for a guy or acquire a guy. I think right tackle is still a need for this football team, even though Brandon Parker played well at times last year. And I'm a little surprised. Like Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, got a lot of money. I, didn't, I thought they'd be in his market. They were in his market, but that's a lot of money he got from the Golden State. They were never going to go there. They signed Deron Harmon, who's a veteran guy, knows the Patriot system. I still think there's a necessity. If we're going to see Jonathan Abram closer to the line of scrimmage, you know, stacking up against the run, not really in that deep middle with, with, with Trayvon Merrick, I still think safety is a necessity. I still think another guy that could be a ball hawk. But, the, you know, I tweeted it the other day. The kind of wild card in this is Gillespie from the draft class last year. Mm-hmm. What are you going to get? He really didn't get on the field last year. So what do you have in him? Is he a guy that could play back there? Is he a guy that can learn from Harmon and maybe take over midseason? So there's a guy, he's the ultimate wild card there. He wasn't drafted by this regime. So you always worry about guys that are not drafted by the new coaching staff they usually fall out a lot, a lot faster than players that, that are selected. So, to me, right tackle, 
safety. You could throw linebacker in there a little bit. I love what they did at linebacker. I'm a big Jayon Brown fan. Uh, Kaiser's a guy that can that can cover it from the linebacker spot. I could see another linebacker per se, but to me, off the top, right tackle and safety are two areas they still could possibly address in free agency. Talking right now with Eddie Brasilli here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, Eddie, amongst Raider fans, that post-June 1st cut is going to free up so much of the money that the Raiders could go out and sign anybody that's available in the fans' eyes that the Raiders Make are going to have. Make it rain, baby! Make it rain! <laughs> exactly. So much money post-June 1st. But is there anyone that you have in mind that you see that's out there on the free agent market or maybe someone who could get released this coming weekend, James Bradbury, that maybe the Raiders could sign? You took the words right out of my mouth, James Bradbury. I mean, this was a player that when the Giants signed him, everybody raved and read. He had a, a, a terrific career in Carolina. Gets the big payday from the Giants. Guys, he didn't play poorly last year for the Giants. You could sit there and say, they're cutting him, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's, it's just a bad contract. He played pretty well for the Giants, and the Raiders' new defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham. They were never going to trade for a guy with a contract that large, but now that he's on the open market, there are still questions at cornerback, guys. There really are. Trayvon Mullen had this mysterious surgery this week. We don't know what's going on there, what his timeline is. He hasn't proved that he could stay healthy for a full season anyway. So if you can go out there and get a guy like James Bradbury, maybe on a one-year prove it, say, hey, come in here, we'll sign you to a couple-million-dollar deal. If you play really well, we'll give you the extension. James Bradbury is a legit 1A, 2 corner in the National Football League. This would be a terrific addition for this football team. He knows the system. He comes right in and plays well. That's a guy, to me, that off the top of my head, this team should go out there and be aggressive with. And there's always going to be wild cards, guys, right? You don't know who's going to get cut. There's going to be guys that training game comes that we don't see coming that gets cut. So there's a lot of wild cards on the But Bradbury, if he does get released by the Giants, the Raiders should be the first visit. No, I've been saying the same thing, and I agree 100%. And on top of that, you know, we saw what Casey Hayward was able to do under Gus Bradley last year, and it's almost the same situation. He knew Gus Bradley's scheme, went in with the Raiders, and just basically had a seamless season. I mean, he was, he was great at what he did. He could have picked off the ball a few more times. But, I mean, hey, Casey Hayward's Casey Hayward. He was solid. He was a really good player but for Bradbury, the team. Yeah. And Bradbury, too, is a younger player, too. He's not even up there like with Casey right. Hayward. And like I said, if you go back and you look at the stats from the Giants last year, the Giants had absolutely no pass rush last year. They had nobody that can get after the quarterback, and he still played particularly well. The contract just didn't play out. Put him back there with, with Max and Chandler coming off the edge and the linebackers they brought in, I think he could be even better. I think it's just a seamless fit. As long as he's not asking for huge money, maybe he wants to come in. You know, There's always teams out there that still have – you look at teams like the Colts and, and teams like that, guys, they still have a ton of cap space. But the Rays are going to get some back post-June 1. I, I think they're going to be a little aggressive, especially if Trayvon Mullen – you know, there's some there's some things that he might miss some time. If he missed some time, you're going down for another corner. You need to add a player in the secondary. One of the questions that we were asking uh, to Raider Nation earlier in the show was about the, the offensive line and who we thought at this point, it's only May 5th, who we thought had the best shot at being the starting five. And I think we all can agree on Colton Miller. But, Eddie, I think that after Colton Miller at the left tackle position, it feels like the rest of the four spots are really up for grabs. No doubt. You, it, it's for sure. I mentioned it before with Andre James. You draft Parham in, in, in the second round. Maybe he's you, you can play a little center. You still have Nick Martin on this roster. I was a big Nick Martin fan. He's not going to blow you away at the center position, but he's a guy that serves the ball that could start. Denzel Good's coming off injury. So to me, it, 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 besides the Colt Miller, and you could probably say Brandon Parker. As of right now, I mean, Parker played decently at times last year, and if they're not going to go out and sign a, a veteran agent uh, on the offensive line, Brandon Tark, Parker's your right tackle. But the, and, and Alex, I mean, 
I mentioned it before with the draft class. This this new coaching staff is going to come in and take a look at Alex Weatherman. Where's the best spot he could play? Is it right tackle? Is it right guard? He's going to play, guys. He's a first-round pick. They're not going to bench him. So Leatherwood's going to be on that spot. So to me, the biggest question mark is center and left guard right now. If you go out, if if, if you put all the chips on the table and you leave it as is, Colt Mill is at left tackle, Brandon Park is at right tackle, and then you got to figure out, you know, Alex Leatherwood's at right guard, and you got to figure out what's going on left good. If Denzel Good can come back, he's an older player now, coming off a major injury. His palm son is a rookie, still got John Simpson. So I think the left guard center combination is, is something that, because in this offense, in McDaniel's offense, there's a lot put on the center. Like David Andrews mm-hmm. did a perfect job for the Patriots for a long time. Can Andre James handle that? Everybody freaked out when he got that contract, which, you know, on the surface isn't a ton of money. But could he be the player that Josh McDaniels envisioned? So I think left guard and center are the biggest question marks heading into training camp. I'm with you. I, I really am. And everything I've been, like all the research and all the breakdown I've been hearing on Dylan Parham, I, a, a part of me, you know, the gut feeling in me tells me that he's really going to be playing for that center position because of everything that you said. This offense is very complex, and that offensive line play is going to be complex. And you really need a heady guy. Not saying Andre James isn't smart, but I just feel like that you really need a guy that is on top of everything. And I feel like that Parham may have, uh, you know, a step in the right direction above uh, you know headed headed a little bit ahead of uh, andre james we got spoiled guys we as, as raider fans raider mm-hmm. Nation got spoiled with rodney hudson yep. for a long time you, you, we never had to worry about that position he never gave up many sacks he never there's never any any muff you know muff snaps or anything like that we got really really you know complacent for a long time with such a great player in there so there's a lot of things but i agree with you i love parm's toughness he's played in a ton of college football games i'm a big fan of guys that play in a ton of college football games and come out because you know, to me they're just pro ready to come in. So maybe in training camp he starts out of that left guard a little bit, and if things start getting a little hairy at center, I could see him taking over it and running with that position. I agree with you. All right, Eddie, I seen something on your Twitter that just blew my mind. Charles Woodson officiated a wedding when he was in <laughs> yeah. when he was here at Allegiant Stadium yep. this past weekend. So if you had the option, your favorite pro- player officiates the wedding, or you can get married on the NFL Network and ESPN at the draft. Which one would you choose? I'd probably say I'd have my favorite player, and Woodson would probably be right up there uh, officiating my wedding. That's something that you have the guy uh, that you, you looked up to, that you, you rooted for your entire life, and he's sitting there, and he's, he's marrying, you know, he's, he's putting the final touches on you and your, your significant others in marriage. To me, like a guy like Woodson or a guy like Jack Tatum officiating my wedding, uh, I, I can't ask for anything better. That, to me, that's the go-to, because... Hey, look, everybody's got their 15 seconds of fame. You can always be on TV. You can always do that stuff. Give me that guy officiating my wedding. Give me a Rich Gannon and guys like that. I'll take it all day long. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it because I, <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't focus. You know, I'd be like, yeah. he'd be trying to talk to me, and I'd be like, well, look, dog, uh, in this play here, when this happened, you know what I mean? Like, I'd be trying to talk Raiders football, and I, w- I would get divorced before I got married. <laughs> well, this is it. I, I, in, in Vegas, I won't, I won't give away the destination, but I did see Woodson out at, at, at a place in Vegas one night. And it took a lot out of me. I've seen him in a bunch of places going around and all that kind of stuff. He was in a spot, and I, it took a lot from me to not go up to him and say, you know, start, start talking a little bit. And, hey, remember me, blah, 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 or Raider football. It took a lot of my energy not to go up to a guy like Wilson. But he was having a good time. Everybody was having a good time. So I didn't want to ruffle any feathers. But I feel you, man. I'm in the same boat. Right. No doubt about it. Well, what you got coming up, man? I know you're doing a ton of stuff over there with SiriusXM, but what else you got coming up? Yeah, there's gonna be, there'll be a new Yards Per 10 podcast coming, a, a little draft recap. You can get that anywhere you get your podcast. Um, that'll be coming next week. And uh, SiriusXM, you know, this is going to go into a time. you got mini camps coming up and all that kind of stuff. And then before you know it, guys, 
We'll be off the training camp. We'll be off to Vegas to cover the Raiders and all the other teams in the National Football League. So a little bit of downtime, and then uh, it ramps right back up for training camp. So we'll be back at it ever again. Yeah, man. We always think that we have an offseason until we don't, right? Nope. <laughs> no, there's, there's always an offseason until uh, Tom Brady re-retires at like 7 o'clock on a Sunday, and then we realize where we are in pecking order, you know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, hey, man, keep up the great work. You do fantastic stuff. We definitely appreciate you. Thanks for hopping on with us. Always a pleasure, guys. Have a good night. All right, my man. Be good. There he goes. Eddie Brasilli from Sirius XM Radio uh, does a fantastic job with them. Of course, uh, Yards Per Attempt podcast as well does a great job there. So uh, make sure you check him out. But uh, definitely has the knowledge when it comes to Raiders football and appreciate him spending a few minutes with us uh, to break things down about what he thinks. And another guy on the James Bradbury train. We're going to get this train moving full steam ahead. This is going to be one of those. I know how this is going to be. This is going to be one of those where I get hyped up, hyped up, hyped up because I know it's going to happen. And then it doesn't. And I'm going to be like, dag nabbit! <laughs> it's going to be you the one. You strike me as a dag nabbit kind of guy. I, well, look, I kept it clean for the radio. <laughs> you know? I didn't want Jared to have to come running in here from the oh, other no. studio and try to hit the dump button. Are we, we, got our, we got our... Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Always said over here. Okay, Would good. you be the person to start an online campaign? You know, like when free agency and then yes, you got the teams yes, like... Yeah. Remember when Deshaun Jackson way back in the day was a free agent? Everyone's like, D-Jax Oakland, D-Jax Oakland. They put it on a hashtag. I'm saying Bradbury to Vegas. But, I, hey, look, I know how those things go. You get all excited and fired up, and then all of a sudden you see him. Uh, and I know the Honey Badger was like that for a lot of people. A lot of people thought he was going to head to Vegas. I never thought he was going to head to Vegas because I thought he was a New Orleans cat. There's no surprise that he signed his deal with the Saints on uh, 504 which happens to be the area code there. I mean, look, these things don't happen on accident. 348 is the time. We'll come back. We'll close out the show. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Well, I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. I've had a ton to get to on today's show, man. We've been moving fast and furious. Many thanks to Eddie Brasilli, who just joined us in the last segment. We also had Patricia Trainer on earlier during the show, talking all things James Bradbury. A lot of great calls and text. Definitely appreciate all the feedback, man. This has been a great show. Want to remind you, tomorrow evening, I'll be out at uh, Parkway Tavern representing ESPN Las Vegas for the Las Vegas Aces watch party going up against the Phoenix Mercury. Starts at 7 o'clock. There'll be all kind of great prizes out there. I'm bringing the wife out with me. It's Friday night. You know, I got to make sure got make sure I have the wife out with me, too. You know, I don't want to get in too much trouble. DeMond be trying to set me up. Oh, yeah. I'm setting you up. DeMond tries to bring a bunch of water to the party. and You know, uh, you know what? what? Parkway Tavern? Yeah. Right up at Flamingo? I uh, know. It's right around the corner. Right around the corner. Even though I'm doing the show from home tomorrow. <laughs> oh, so yeah, then you're going to have to drive. <laughs> I'm drive oh, oh, wow. anyway. But yeah, I'll be doing the show from the home studio tomorrow. I got a little couple things going on at the house. So uh, I got to I gotta be there for that. But yeah, it's it's funny. So instead of being here and then drive around the corner, I'll be at the house and then drive in. But it'll, it'll be cool. So come on out. Uh, like I said, everything starts at 7 o'clock. The Aces are a hell of a team to watch. I, I really enjoy uh, them. I enjoy being at the the media, uh, you know, the session that we had on Monday, the little uh, media party and everything. I thought it was really cool. I think they're going to be a really good team. Becky Hammond is going to be fun to watch as the coach, the new coach of the Aces. Of course, uh, Asia Wilson does her thing, and, and the rest of the team is going to be uh, a lot of fun as well. So check them out uh, on Friday. I'll be wa- hosting the watch party on Flamingo at uh, Parkway Tavern, and then their first home game is on Sunday, Mother's Day, uh, and that'll be that'll be fun as well. Michelob Ultra Arena, make sure you get your tickets and go take your mom out there and have a good time. Got a couple quick text messages I wanted to get to, and then we'll pass the sticks on to Vinny Bonsignor, who's got Darren Waller coming off top of the show. So it's a star-studded affair today here on Red Nation Radio 920. That's what we try to bring you each and every day. Does a Vinny does a fantastic job. 
Got a text from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q&D. Happy single to mile. Just checking in. I'm about to check out the happy hour festivities here in the San Francisco Yay area. Please pass this friendly reminder to Demond. Never bring sand to the beach when doing a boys trip. That's tip. Hashtag 107. Always remember that. Cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. Okay. I don't know, like the whole sand, like when some, when a listener said that to me at the Super Bowl, you're the guy who didn't know not to bring sand to the beach. <laughs> I mean, at the draft, not yeah, at the yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for somebody that's just like, hey, I, I know that voice. That's you're the, the one you're that, that big dummy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the things I didn't say. Right, right. Yeah, all the dumb stuff you didn't said. You not remembering? That's the dumbest. That's the dumbest. That's one of the dumbest. But uh, no, it's all good. It's we look. The one thing we all have around here is fun. <laughs> we won't take ourselves too seriously where we don't have fun. That's the guaranteed. So uh, DeMond always <laughs> chimes in with something silly, but that was one of the silliest. Not ever hearing a don't bring sand to the beach. That is man code 101, brother. Jeez, unbelievable. Uh, then we got a text also from the 707 we had talked about in Gakwe, and uh, the tweet or the text earlier said the Raiders traded in Gakwe because he didn't fit the 3-4, not because he isn't a good player, and I said I agree 100%. I, I, I understand what he was saying, so the follow-up text was, I was saying that because Ngakwe was acting like he had a grudge and was going to show the Raiders they made a mistake by trading him. I think his anger is kind of misplaced. I agree with you, too. And that's and I, I felt like that that's what you meant, too. And when I read the piece originally, I was like, man, this dude is angry. But when you look at the big body of work, like my man is a really good edge rusher, right? He's really good. He gets no less than eight sacks a season. Like it's almost guaranteed that he's going to get eight. But look how many teams he's been on. You know what I mean? And so if I'm him, I'm like, wait a minute. What the hell's wrong with me? Why am I always the one that's getting moved? Even when I go out there and ball, because he did well for the Raiders. But like the texter said, he's not a scheme fan anymore. At the end of the season, he kind of tailed off a little bit. They needed him to step up in the playoffs. He didn't. There's, I mean, there's areas of his game that need to improve, but it's funny because the guy will get you eight sacks, just about guaranteed, but yet he's on, what, team five? I mean, he went from Jacksonville to Minnesota to Baltimore to the Raiders, and now he's in Indy. And also, I feel like a player, they could have got traded. We got three first-round picks for you. They still going to hold the grudge. Oh, yeah. They gonna, oh, yeah. I'm going to show them. You know, and that's that's part of having the edge, too. That's part of getting something to, to fuel them and get fired up and angry about. You know, and if that's what he wants to do and show his old team that they made a mistake, cool. Now, if Colton Miller goes ahead and stones them and gives them the business, then what's Colton Miller going to go out there and Will's going to say, coming up next is Colton Miller. You see what I did to Nguakwe? You see what I did to him? He talked all that mess. Chandler Jones got three sacks. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> Colton Miller ain't going to do I'm starting some. I'm starting beef and everything. I ain't doing that. Anyway, <laughs> it's been a fun show, man. Thank you for the text. Thank you for the call. Definitely appreciate you. My guy, Vinny Bonsignor, in the huddle. He's coming up next, 4 to 6 p.m. Going to start things off with Darren Waller, the big-time tight end. Can't wait to hear what he has to say. You'll find out next. Keep it right where you got it. This is Radio Nation Radio 920, the flagship.